and just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. Welcome, everybody, to episode 83 of The A Show. My name is Meals, and you may be wondering why I'm the one doing the intro this week. Well, okay, so there's a story behind that. Long story short, Justin can't be here this week. Unfortunately, Justin, and that's where you, I mean, if you're a person who who loves Daniel Bryan but hates the reign of Kofi Kingston, yes, you're probably not feeling this news this week, but, 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 I want to let you know this. You have a very special guest. I think a guest that more than holds up the fact that we're missing Justin this week. We have the man, one half of ESPN's Cheap Heat. The man they call for stats. I'm talking about stat guy Greg. We have on the other line. Greg, what is up, my man? Yo, it feels good to be here. It feels good. I know. It, it, it feels, you know, it feels weird without Justin. But, I mean, I got you here. You're the first person I asked, the only person. I want to let you know. I don't know if you believe me <laughs> or not. You're legitimately the only person I asked. Listen. And you said yes. And I thank you for that because I didn't have to go around asking and, and worrying and panicking about this. Listen, even if I wasn't, I was going to let that be the mythology for the episode <laughs> of the show. That I got the first call and I jumped in right away and we handled it. And hopefully we delivered a hot show for your listeners. Something that you guys have come to expect, you know, A-show quality. I mean, it's, it's it's the A-show quality. This is episode 83. I mean, as we're ticking down, we're getting closer and closer to the 100th episode. Justin and I still not fully sure what we're doing. But want to thank you for being along for the ride. We've got so much stuff. Well, first of all, how are you doing? For us, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful day out in New York City. It is. It's a beautiful day out in Philly as well. Unfortunately, I'm under the weather. But like I said, I got that call. And I got the first call. So I would not let a little punk ass cold <laughs> keep me off of the A show. Well, all right. So definitely we have so much stuff to talk about this week. I mean, we've got stuff that's happened outside of the ring up this weekend. It is it is the show that is here to apparently stop all shows that WWE is doing. I'm talking about AEW's Double or Nothing that we'll talk about at some point in the show. We have Money in the Bank to cover that happened on Sunday and crazy. We have Raw and SmackDown to cover, but the first bit of news I want to talk about, and, and, and I, it's it's a sad bit of news, and it it sort of broke kind of after the A-Show dropped last week. Um, it was a big rest in peace to Ashley Massaro. Um, former WWE diva, former WWE superstar. Um, recently, you know, it, it, the, the news of her death kind of surprised everyone and sort of how it came. Um, recently, we've gotten news as of, I believe, as of yesterday that it was an apparent suicide, which is, you know, just crazy to think about. Um, 
what do you have any memories of Ashley Massaro? Just so, you know, in general, was this the period you were watching wrestling? I mean, have you always? I've always watched wrestling. Yeah, but the the problem with Ashley Massaro, not the problem, but the sort of what makes it even more sad is that for her era, she was an important um, diva. Right. She managed uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Um, she had that feud with Trish Stratus, Vince's Angels, and all of that. She was important, but she's one of the divas from the forgotten era of women's wrestling, you know, that era that people feel, you know, they talk down on. And right. that was the, the beautiful thing about what people had to say about her in her passing is that, you know, everybody who grew up watching her sort of came out and let people know how important she was and just how beloved she was, even if she didn't get to feel that uh, when she was alive. Right. I mean, she's done, she's been a part of WrestleManias before she is, she's, she's had, she was part of, I think she was the second ever Diva Search winner. Um, I mean, there's someone who you may look and you'd be like Ashley Massaro. I mean, the, 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 the accolades don't hold Trish Stratus, but in terms of just like her impact and, and, and her with, with the people backstage and it's always kind of like with life and, and, you know, it's great when you're able to, you know, not to say it's great when you pass, but it's great in a sort of when you, when if you do pass, everyone has a great thing to say about you. I mean, people yeah. are coming out, the, I mean, people are just like, listen, you know, great person. Every time I talked to her, she was a ball of sunshine. She was, she was great. McFoley had some great things to say about her. A lot of wrestlers on Twitter had a lot of great things to say about her. I haven't heard a negative thing sort of said about her. And yes, but she is from that era where it's just like, you know, it's a lot of forgotten divas. And, it, and it's a shame, quite honestly, because a lot of these, you know, they were kind of given what they got and they tried to do the best with what they've got. And, you know, they might have not have been always the best athletes in the ring, but at the same time, they still managed to entertain and keeps us fans interested. So RIP to Ashley Massaro, my condolences, our condolences to, you know, her family, her daughter, everything like that. I understand there is a GoFundMe um, just, you know, for the school funds for her daughter and things like that. So, you know, just check it out online and make sure, you know, it, it's crazy out here, especially it's, you know, it's been classified as a suicide. You never know what people are going through, um, in their lives. I, you know, it, it's actually, it's just really, really crazy. Yeah. Um, the second bit of news, which, you know, it's also unfortunate, depending on who you are, quite honestly. It depends on <laughs> you. It, 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 it really kind of depends <laughs> on what side of the fence. It is more it's, it's impact news, and I feel like I feel bad because most of the impact news that we've reported over the last year, we have not been so high on impact. And I'm heard they're doing like great things on television. Unfortunately, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't tell you because I'm pretty sure I don't, I feel like I don't get the network that they are on because Pursuit Network, I'm not sure if it's in, you know, wherever, <laughs> I I mean, Brooklyn Optimum, I'm not sure if they carry Pursuit. Um, I'm not sure if I'm on a demographic of Pursuit, to be honest. It's, it really feels like a hunting channel that also plays wrestling. Um, but terrible, terrible, just a terrible thing to happen. Um Impact Wrestling had to apologize to their fans this week because they went to commercial and never came back. 34 minutes of commercial, <laughs> 24 minutes of commercial after they went to commercials during a match and they never came back. 
I couldn't imagine this ever happening on a major WWE scale at all. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> when I read that, um, I just really had to laugh out loud. That's almost, it's almost comical, the level of bad luck. You know, and this is during your main event. Right. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's demoralizing. I mean, I think just in fact that, you know, Impact has been going through this kind of like this phase now where they're still kind of like trying to search and still trying to remain sort of a prominent, you know, trying to have a prominent role in the professional wrestling business and with AEW coming up and with a lot of rise of, you know, there's a lot of tension around ROH. It's kind of what used to be in the mid 2000s used to be like really, you know, okay, it's number two. Behind WWE, it's number two. I mean, they have AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christian Cage, Christopher Daniels, all these other people. And then kind of in this decade, it's really kind of been slowly declining. And this is kind of one of the moments where you realize, like, will this end up being in a moment that's like, will this end up being in one of those moments where it's like, okay, the rise and fall of Impact Wrestling, like a DVD, like a DVD somewhere. You kind of have to look at it from that extent, and you kind of have to look at it from that angle and be like, yo, where does it kind of end, and where does we kind of pick up from all this sort of bad things that happen going on? Because to be honest with you, Pursuit isn't a, isn't a channel, and supposedly they've been hoping that they find a new channel coming this fall. Because quite honestly. With AEW going to TNT, a, a major network, um, they're they're sliding back incredibly far, and right. you know, it, it, to me, if I'm a talent for that company, I don't know what to to th- to say or to think about this. If you're a fan of that company, what do you say or think about this? I mean, the fact of the matter is, somebody at Pursuit thought that it was better use of their airtime to show 24 minutes of commercial for fishing equipment and hunting gear instead of this wrestling programming. And, you know, people talk about AEW and WWE and the Monday Night Wars. And I think when we get to that, you're skipping a couple of steps because AEW to really and truly become, you know, a juggernaut on the scale that WCW was to go at WWE, what has to happen, and I think what is going to happen is that they're going to put a bullet in TNA and just keep rolling. Ooh, so that's that's actually... Go ahead. Especially if TNA continues this trend of just making bad business moves. I mean, because everybody says, like, you know, AEW has a billionaire and a TV deal, so they're good, right? But if that was the secret sauce, then (laughs) TNA would have taken over WWE a long time ago. They had a billionaire and a TV deal. ROH would be more of a juggernaut than it is. Right. They're owned by uh, Sinclair, which is a, a conglomerate. Sinclair is worth billions, but also Sinclair owns TV networks all over the country, all over the world. Mm-hmm. So a billionaire and a TV deal is not the secret sauce. It helps, but I don't think that's going to be what puts AEW at the WWE level. But on their way to getting there, they are absolutely going to Thanos snap TNA impact out of here. Oh my God. I can't imagine. I mean, you look at the sort of roster 
for Impact Wrestling. And then you see that there's a strong number two coming up. And you're just like, oh, this roster's right for the taking. I'm talking about you have great talents in, in TNA and it's I mean or Impact Wrestling rather. And it's not that they're necessarily bad, but I'm assuming at some point they're like, okay, when when's gonna be my time for this sort of spotlight? When is it that I'm not going to be sort of because Im- Impact Wrestling it now has a stigma to it. It's kind of like, you know, like it, it, it's the it's like fourth tier now. It's like yeah. behind. It's like behind ROH. It's behind, and 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 it's crazy how that sort of happened. But it, a lot of it happened when a lot of bad business decisions kind of happened, and a lot of their top stars left. I mean, you talk about AJ Styles, AJ just Styles, lo- just losing AJ Styles in general, and and just letting him walk out, and sort of not giving him what you want when he's the homegrown star. He's the guy who probably could have, you know. Even though he's been there a long time, and it, I feel like, to be honest with you, whether they gave him the deal or not, he would eventually have left. Um, but he was someone that, like, you craft your company around. He's the yeah. face. He's the face who runs the place. And now in WWE, he's the face who runs the place, and he's one of the major stars there. And they're kind of, like, treating him the same way they treated, you know, Shawn Michaels or, or John Cena. I mean, May not be the face, but at least the r- really just one of the top guys, bar none, able to carry a show for two years. Um, just bad business decisions. The entire thing with them selling the company and and that whole back and forth and the snafu and the articles, that did nothing for them. No. Um, and, and I mean, you mentioned AJ Styles, but it's not even just him. You talk about on the homegrown talent side, right? They lost Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe too. Right. You know what I mean? Um, where is James Storm? He he had one foot out the door because he popped up on an NXT episode. Um, but then like even the younger guys, Michael Bennett was there. Now he's in WWE, Michael Kanellis. Um, but then even the guys that they poached from WWE to help build up TNA ended up right back in WWE. You talk about Kurt Angle, Christian, um, Booker T, Ric Flair. Sting is now heavy in the WWE. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just like another thing that people have to think about, right? With AEW, what is the tie that really binds Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega? Mm. And it's it's bitterness is what it really is, right? Right. Kenny Omega was bitter that he was overlooked by the WWE. He became this great superstar. Same thing with Cody Rhodes. And then on the flip side, you have the young bucks who really have a bad taste in their mouth from how they were treated with TNA. Um, They never went back. And so you got to think, if they're coming for WWE because WWE went at them with the two sweet uh, cease and desist, Mm -hmm. then they definitely have a couple in the chamber for for, uh, TNA too. There's a couple (laughs) of shots going off at TNA too because everybody's competition. Everybody's everybody's competition. competition. Uh, I mean, and TNA can't afford to take those shots, man. Vince might be able to to shake a couple of off. He got NXT UK. He has NXT, you know, two hundred five right. live. Everybody still wants to be in WWE. I mean, yeah, TNA can't shake off those shots if they if AEW locks them in. I mean, to be honest with you, I could definitely see Impact Wrestling has done some has made some business decisions in the past where they've worked with remember global force wrestling and what that was yeah and i'm working with them i am i will not be surprised if aew is like yo we're copping tna <laughs> we're copying impact wrestling yeah i like, keep holding tna I'm, it's definitely impact <laughs> wrestling but yeah like 
They 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 need to watch out. I they mean, need to be more worried than WWE. So you know, it, just you know, for all the good hardworking people who are there. I mean, damn. I mean, at least you have another you <laughs> you have another option to go to because now we're rolling in to sort of this AEW news and and coming up this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, actually a great weekend to hold any sort of professional wrestling event. Um, we have double or nothing. It's been it's been coming for God knows how long. Gosh, I can't even remember the first time we mentioned it. Was it was it that June? There was that January second announcement, or was it like a little bit earlier this year, last year? But double or nothing is coming. Um, double or nothing is the first major event under the AEW umbrella. Um, the AEW executive officers Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, the Bucks. And they're really going for it this time. And I, and I kind of want to look at the AEW roster and I kind of want to look at the AEW card and kind of determine like, yo, what th- is this really kind of worth the sort of uh, the sort of business here? Well, by the sort of business, I think the price, I think what you're saying is this kind of worth $50, which is what they're asking. Oh, yeah. If you want to see it. In, in 2019. If yeah, if you want to see it, it's going to cost you $50. And for me, um, it's not worth that. <laughs> I'm just going to say that straight up. For me, it's not because I can get like this is one show at fifty dollars, right? Mm-hmm. For fifty dollars, um, and that's not just with WWE, but it's like with New Japan World and with other services that are out there, you get as much wrestling as you want for about at least three to five months, mm-hmm. offer your fifty dollars. So for them to say one night, $50, these are boxing numbers. And I'm sure, I'm go- I mean, they're in Vegas. It's cool. But like the professional wrestling business model has changed a little bit. And um, I know they have some smart people over there who came together and determined that this was a good price point and that people would pay that. And I don't doubt them, but I'm just saying that I, I am not people. I'm not going <laughs> to I am not people. Yeah. I mean, yes. Once again, yes. I'm also not paying fifty dollars in the in the year of our Lord 2019 for a professional wrestling event. It's just not happening. Um, rarely, especially with the way kind of business has been running in 2019. Do you ever feel like you're like, okay, maybe that was worth it? Um, like maybe for going to the show, maybe. But in terms of just like actually buying the event, um, nah. But AEW had its first little bit of a snafu this week when it was announced that Pac, formerly known as Adrian Neville, um, no longer part of the Double or Nothing event. They couldn't come to a create. They came to sort of ahead at sort of created differences, and now the entire Pac and versus Page is no longer on the card. What do you think about sort of? the creative differences coming between an actual marquee match on the card is it to me, it doesn't look like a good sign for sort of things moving forward with AEW, to be honest with you. No, I don't, I wouldn't say that it doesn't look like a good sign, but um, what I will say, I, I prefer this than like a screw job or some other alternative, right? Because um, Pac is extremely talented. Mm-hmm. There's no getting around that. Hangman Page is a talent that AEW believes in. Um, but for me, I don't see it. And I think if they if they would have had to choose between Pac and Page, they were going to choose Page. And for me, that would have been the wrong move. Pac right. is currently a world champion at a, at a promotion. Right. Uh, he's coming it. into 
Yeah, he's coming in to do your promotion a favor by just even being on the card. Mm. And so if he feels like he needs to protect that title, then guess what? You all need to protect that title because it's not just about AEW looking good. It's about the whole wrestling world, right? Changing right. the whole wrestling world for the better. I mean, but I feel like to me, this is kind of one of those things that maybe it's just this early part of business that they maybe haven't completely figured out yet. But to me, I mean, Pac hasn't been, I mean, he's been doing his thing for a while. I think if they had creative differences, it's kind of wild for it to happen right now or them just deciding like, hey, we're having, you know, maybe I mean, I don't feel like losing when have this entire thing. It, it kind of marred the sort of event. If you're anticipating it, I believe they said that, hey, we're going to, you know, no, actually, that might have been for StarCast. Uh, unfortunately, a similar situation with StarCast where Ric Flair will not appear and they're offering refunds. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of for this to come so soon before the event, it kind of mars it a little bit, but I do think they have, it's, it's, it's enough wiggle room where they could actually just pick this thing up. And AEW has some major, major, major sort of headlining, you know, it's got a couple marquee matches on here that we can sort of go through and determine how we feel about it. So the first marquee match I want to talk about, and there's a, there's a, there's definitely a full undercard about this, but let's talk about um, the Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho match. I mean, we've seen it so many times. (laughs) Yeah. Um, For me, it didn't deliver the first time we saw it. I know other people feel like it was, uh, you Five know, star. A 10 star match, <laughs> six star, incredible. Um, for me, it didn't deliver. It definitely didn't deliver on the level of me wanting to see a rematch. But um, now that it has these these championship implications, I don't know if you saw, yeah. but the winner of this match is going to face the winner of the battle royal, and then to determine the uh, first AEW world champion. Um. I guess that makes it interesting. Right. Because I sort of expected them to just hand the title. To right. <laughs> kind of, so yeah. If they're not going to just give it to him, then it's like, okay, what are they going to do? And what does this mean for, for us, the fans? So I'm right. interested to see how it plays out within the grand scheme of, you know, the whole story. But the the Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho feud, I'm sort of over it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of over it as well. To me, in terms of if you wanted something to sort of put a face on this company, um, Kenny Omega, who's probably one of the most notable stars that hasn't sort of been broken by WWE or sort of any sort of major company in the United States, is a good one. Chris Jericho is by far the biggest star that they have, by far, bar none. Um, just a decade, two decades, almost three decades of of just professional wrestling and being notable, just being noted by so many different fans. So they definitely have that. Um, You know, it's something that I could see just, you know, it's great business for them in terms of kind of with the roster that they have kind of joining these two stars and maybe um, putting Kenny Omega on the map. But yeah, I'm not really interested in seeing this match again. Um, There's another match, brother versus brother. I think this is the match that probably, I want to say like eight years ago, everyone was asking for on WrestleMania. Yeah. (laughs) And now, eight years later, Dustin is not getting any younger. But he's still pretty good. He's 50 years old. He still wrestles pretty good in the ring. Cody is, to me, 
Cody is Cody. And we have Cody versus Dustin. What do you think about this match on the card? So this is a, this is a match that, you know, like that Jericho Omega one that on paper and as long as you can sort of play it out in your head and, and fantasize about it, great match. Mm-hmm. But I think back to the matches that they had in WWE and they're just like, those weren't that great. And I don't know if it's because of the restraints that they had on them or or whatever the case may be, but just it, it didn't, it wasn't good to yeah. me. So yeah, hopefully they can give us something different and, and make me eat my words on this one. But on paper, beautiful, great match, but uh, based on what they've already done, I don't know that it will be this thing that we talk about for right. years to come. Um, Another major marquee match features another executive <laughs> executive group in the company we have the young bucks versus the loop bros who are penta pentagon and phoenix um to me this should be the one that steals the show um a tag team match for the triple you know the triple a world tag team championships it's gone on it's it's this has been a multi-promotional sort of build-up for this match where the bucks have gone you know to the triple a and they got the championships there and i guess pentagon and phoenix are on their way to you know sort of regain these entire championships this is something that i'm looking forward to i've always felt like penta and phoenix should have been someone who sort of ended up in the wwe but that's maybe that's my selfishness for loving the wwe and wanting to see them there. <laughs> right. um but what do you think what do you think about this match i agree with you on the show still with potential because i mean for for as much as i i roll the young bucks for their social media antics and you know their past obsession with the wwe and just in the ring they do deliver when they need to deliver not always but when the when those lights are shining the brightest um, they do deliver, and I, like you said, them with the Lucha Bros. I feel like it, it's a they can't miss, right? Um, I, I'd say those are sort of the three major marquee matches. We also have on this card we have the best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta versus Angelico and um, Jack Evans. We have a six woman tag team match: Kong Sakaz- <laughs> Sakazaki, Sakura, Shida, Rio, Mizunami. You know, six woman tag. Um, apparently on their version of probably a kickoff show or Kip Sabian versus Sammy um, Guevara. Um, we have Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray, triple threat action, women's, you know, a women's match. Um, SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky versus Stronghearts, <laughs> which is, is it Chima or Sima? Damn, I should know this. Um, T-Hawk and El Linda Man. Um, like we also Chima. have... I, I feel like it's Chima. I feel like I should know this name. It's one of those names I've always seen but never actually said. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the, it, happened, it, it happens in life. Um, then we have the 21-man Casino Battle Royal. And this is an interesting match because the winner of this Battle Royal will face the winner of Omega and Jericho. And to me, this is kind of like everyone who's anyone. And we still have a few names that haven't been confirmed yet. But their their names in here we have Brian Pillman Jr. We have Joey Janela, Billy Gunn. If you like a Billy Gunn action, um, Glacier, Glacier. If all right, like WCW right before the <laughs> NWO took over and pulled all that cartoon shit to the side. Oh Glacier. my God, we have the return, 
the perfect 10 Sean Spears. <laughs> I don't know if they're still calling perfect 10. <laughs> I don't know if they'll call him the perfect, perfect. I don't know. You remember when TNA used to have that sort of era where it's like, we would do like a Jace names to it. Like Kurt Angle. <laughs> yeah. It's damn. It's a damn fact. Or it's, it's real. Big, it's real. It's damn real. And things like that. I mean, I don't know if it'll be something to Jace, but we have Sean Spears who just recently announced he assigned to AEW and he's going to be doing the damn thing over there. Um, I don't know. I wish wish him luck. I mean, I really do. I didn't. The the perfect ten gimmick only had, but so far to go. And, <laughs> I mean, really. And I was a Ty Dillinger supporter until he said that slick shit to Nia Jax, and then I was like, you know what? You can you can go too, buddy. You can go too. I mean, he he's been going around saying that WWE offered tw- him twice as much to stay. He decided not to. He's taking his business over to AEW. I wish him the best in his future endeavors. That's really all I can do. Right. Um, um, we have other people in this match: Sunny Kiss, Ace Romero, um, Sunny Days, MJF, Dustin Thomas, Jimmy Havoc, Michael Nakazawa, Jungle Boy, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn. Luchasaurus, and a few other names. What would get you the most excited? Let's say if they had a special, you know, entrant that was not announced. What would be the most exciting person to sort of see maybe enter this match and potentially win this match? So, there's a name that we haven't mentioned. Mm -hmm. And... This is another person who recently left WWE and nobody knows what this guy's going to do. Johnny Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose. Does he end up in this match? Hmm. I mean, supposedly he's filming a movie, but that's never stopped people who film movies. You know what I'm saying? Not. <laughs> like, he really doesn't have to wrestle until the next event. Like, <laughs> it's not, they're not doing weekly television right now. So, I mean, right. it could be, he could possibly show up at this. But John Moxley is someone who is a major, major free agent in the wrestling business. And if AEW has any sort of brain or thing, they will try as much as they can to get him on the roster because he's a name. He's a former world champion. He's someone who's insanely popular with fans. Um, I think if they get him in this match, I think you got a winner right there. You got something that you can sort of book around. You got something fresh that people have never seen. People haven't seen John Moxley versus Kenny Omega or John Moxley versus Cody Rhodes or, or sort of anything hangman page or anything like that. Like he's, he's been off of the independence so long that this entire thing is it's, it's a new fresh environment and ecosystem for him to sort of thrive in. Yeah, and and he's close with Chris Jericho too, so I could see a world where he pops up over there. And um, if he does show up, because you just have to think that their winner is going to come from one of these names that isn't announced. Right. That's my official prediction. I don't know who's going to win because they haven't announced him yet, but it's going to be one of these surprises. And if John Moxley is one of the surprise entrants, John Moxley is the winner. I mean, he has to be at this point. It's a, it's a no brainer. Um, let's and I see. I wonder what if it ends up being John Moxley and Chris Jericho for that AEW World Championship. I mean, those are two major marketable names that you can kind of put in there, and sort of headline your next pay per view event. The next pay per view event is next month. It's it's Fighter Fest. Um, uh, I guess a play on words of 
you know, the fire festival. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but their next major event, Yeah. will be, you know, taking place on June 29th. So they definitely need a major main event. I mean, you can't just stop at the first one here. Yeah. No, shout out to them for going right back the next month and, and keep it going. And it looks like they have a few, uh, a few announced. They got another one after fighter fest, AEW fight for the fallen. It's a, uh... It's a real theme that he got here. Yeah. <laughs> it's Who a little fight. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but that is, I mean, you have double or nothing to look forward to this weekend. If you're interested in paying the forty nine ninety nine. Um, those of us who will be watching it under some, you know, other circumstances, I'm sure this is the internet. I'm not saying I'm not advocating for anyone illegally streaming it. I'm just saying if you trip fall, into a link i'm not you know it is what it is um but a pay-per-view event that happened last weekend money in the bank um really a show what what are your overall thoughts about money in the bank this year i thought it had uh i thought it's um it's undercard kind of suffered where the sort of the 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 main event really kind of brought it yeah i feel the same way um that that championship match Seth Rollins AJ Styles like whoa <laughs> they deliver i mean they i feel like so here's the thing i didn't aj styles for probably the last 18 months has gone up against a lot of these sort of dream opponents i mean we've seen him against samoa joe and you know shinsuke nakamura um you know kevin owens a lot of these sort of opponents that would just be dream opponents for everybody but sometimes the match it just doesn't click as well these two the chemistry and and the intensity and the way they brought it to each other in this match, it delivered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it really did. And I like that video package at the that they did to start the match. It reminded mm-hmm. me of the one that they did with uh, Nakamura and Jinda, right? At SummerSlam, that like, okay, this match doesn't really have a story. Why <laughs> are they doing this? But then they bring that video package out. You're just like okay, I'm in. I want to see what happens next. And then what happened next was just like a spectacular right? A spectacular match. And I think about that sequence, uh, the curb stomp reversed into the Styles Clash. It's just like, these are two masters. Right. You know the, I mean? There's the guys who are sort of bringing it and, you know, they're, they're not headlining the card. They're kind of right, you know, I think they're kind of the afterthought, especially when you talk about the women's matches who were probably initially slated the main. I mean, I think we're probably, if anyone had a guess, we're going to main event the card um, just based on sort of the momentum of the women lately. um, And also the money in the bank ladder matches for them to kind of really bring it out and kind of steal the show. um, Incredible. Um, They absolutely did. And and like steal the show is the right word because when you think about, like Brock Lesnar shows up to win the briefcase. Nobody saw that coming. No, you know, um, we got a cash in <laughs> that night, which seems to be the trend these lately. Well, we our money in the bank, you know, cashing in right, right then and there. But again, it was huge. Um, Becky loses to Charlotte to lose lose to Bailey, and then for this to be the thing that people talk about, this match that had like a lackluster build it shows you that they really went in and, and I'm speechless. They just, I mean, I mean, it's a, let's talk about, since you brought it up, let's talk about that Brock Lesnar sort of result because 
it's got a little bit of a mixed reaction, especially on Twitter afterwards. And, you know, the wrestling fans, they just, you know, we're just designed to react. Apparently we don't, we don't bother to take an account like what's going on why we do this. Now nah, we just react. It's bad. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, WWE is going to go out of business because Brock Lesnar has the money in the bank letter um, contract, but right. Surprising the main, have, right? surprising the main event. Um, it was initially Sami <laughs> Zayn initially supposed to be in this match. Some point in earlier in the evening, he was taken out. People believe it was Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman gets kicked out the, you know, kicked out the building. The match goes on, and trust me, to me, this is one of the most brutal Money in the Bank matches I've ever seen in my life. Um, lived up to sort of the destruction. Lived up to the the don't try this at home videos that WWE always plays. Like it kind of actually lived up to that because there are so many spots in this match that I don't implore anyone to try at home. The sunset, the sunset flip power bomb from Andrade to Finn Balor. Yeah. Is just beyond it. Just being a move that looked painful. It looked incredible, which is like, I think it's just an under underrated aspect of the match. Just visually. It's like you're, you're going to play that in video clips for the rest of your life. Um, just, you know, Ali kind of bringing it out there, Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin kind of living up to their sort of like Haas monikers. These just big men who are just dominating. Um, Randy Orton, he, he even played his role well too. I thought he had an underrated, you know, role in this entire match where he's just playing the veteran who picks his spots. He's not someone who's getting in the action and really, you know, throwing people through ladders and picking up tables and trying to set up ladders. He's picking his spot. He's, He's legitimately being as viper, you know, a snake, a snake like as he is, and played an incredible role in this match. Ricochet, I thought, also had an amazing thing. It looked like Ali was going to win this match until Brock Lesnar. So he shit his pants. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't see it coming. It's it, it's great. I always think probably what WWE misses the most, or what they don't miss at times, is kind of that act of unpredictability. That kind of makes people feel uncomfortable, but makes you feel something nonetheless. Um, Brock Lesnar emerging, racing down the ring, disposing of Ali in the most simplest of ways. Man just tossed him into the next universe and ascending that ladder. I haven't seen Brock Lesnar climb a ladder in his life. I don't know if he actually has in his life period. Um, Looks pretty shaky, but he he reached it. Yeah. He he grabbed the money in the bank briefcase, and there we are. <laughs> what do you think about this, Brock Lesnar, being Mister Money in the Bank? So, on the one hand, it makes him incredibly dangerous because the money in the bank has never been the money in the bank holder has never been more threatening than it is now. No, never. Even when Braun was Mister Money in the Bank or the Monster in the Bank, it, this is another level because we we watched Brock. Drop Braun with a two piece. So if Braun, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, if Braun had the briefcase and he was that dangerous, and this is the man that stopped Braun in his tracks. Just imagine, from a Cape Bay perspective, from every perspective, just imagine how dangerous Brock is with this briefcase. You know, um, and that makes it cool. Right, that he has it because you want that threat looming over the champion. Um, and then from like a from like a historical perspective, it's cool for me because I I, I realize that Brock is now just the third person to pull off this sort of hat trick of 
being Mr. Money in the Bank and the Royal Rumble winner and the King of the Ring winner. And they don't even do King of the Rings anymore. They so don't like, even do that anymore. So. <laughs> yeah, it's done. No, there, there aren't that many people who are going to be able to say that they can do it. You know what I mean? Um, and then just like full circle is sort of cool too because Seth Rollins is strutting around on Raw with his Universal Championship um, fighting champion that he is. But let's not forget how he got his first WWE Championship. Right. He, he cashed in on Brock. I mean... So, uh, he's got a receipt coming, to be honest yeah. with you. He's got a major receipt coming. Brock Lesnar being Mr. Money in the Bank, to me, I love it. Um, I know a lot of people would love to see a younger person in his position. They would love to see an Andrade and, or Ali or something. Don't get me wrong. These people, I think Ali, Andrade, Drew McIntyre, they're going to be fine. I think they'll be in the WWE long enough where they'll be able to flirt with the WWE championship and even at some points maybe get the WWE or Universal Championship. So I think they're fine. But to be able to tell this story for the summer and, and WWE, I think a lot of the criticism for WWE right now has been the stories aren't compelling. They just aren't. They, you know, we're going week through week on Raw and SmackDown and we're not getting these sort of uh, these compelling stories. But you bring Brock Lesnar and you make him Mr. Money in the Bank, and now he's a – it's anywhere. He, I mean, just as he showed up in Money in the Bank and we didn't see him coming, he could pop up anywhere and F5 a guy and really kind of destroy him entirely. So – Yeah. Which to, is honestly exactly what we want to see as wrestling fans. We say we don't, but come on. We love the violence. We come for the chaos. Right. <laughs> Brock is going to deliver it. We are not going to be bad. It. I love the chaos. Um also featured on this card, Kofi Kingston defeats Kevin Owens. I think everyone kind of predicted that. Um, um, a, a, a major, we talk about the, the cash-in. Um, Bailey wins the Women's Championship Money in the Bank contract. Um, cashes in the same night. Not before Charlotte becomes a nine-time Women's Champion. Do you feel like they're, they're definitely going for the 16-time record, right? I'm assuming they are. So I joked that they would years ago, and it was an obvious joke to make, mm-hmm. especially after Charlotte got her first couple of championships. It was like, oh yeah, she can't, she can't get. I think I said this um, during Mania Week in Dallas. You know, she can't get to her sixteen championships when she doesn't drop the title. Right. That was me wishfully hoping that Sasha would get it off of her um, at Mania, but then now. We see her with these quick. This is like a what a two minute, ten minute reign. She's yeah. definitely on her way to sixteen. I mean, we've had. She's she's a nine time champion. She's already broke the record. It's just just no one. She's already arguably one of the most decorated women in WWE history. Just off the off the strength of being on the main roster for the last four years, um, she's kind of done what like. It's weird, like she's done. She's been. A, she's essentially a nine-time champion in the span of f- the last five years, yeah. which is kind of unheard of. And it's kind of like it's unique, but it's also unheard of. And it's probably not going to be the last we actually see of this because I feel like she'll always kind of be um, orbiting around the women's championship, whether we like it or not. Like she, it, there's no bigger star on the roster currently than Charlotte Flair. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it was great to sort of see her also, you know, in these moments, give the rub to Bailey. And Bailey comes in, she cashes in her money in the bank briefcase. It's a major moment. She wins it, and suddenly Bailey's back. Bailey, Bailey, who you know has been in sort of the tag team division for the last year or so, has been over the last probably in 2018 has had more matches with the Riot Squad than we've seen people. Some people have had matches on the main roster, quite honestly. Um, and now she's women's champion. How are you with Bailey as women's champion? Um, I'm going back and forth on how I feel about this. Because mm. I feel like when she was NXT women's champion and that underdog role, mm-hmm. she she did really well. Right. But when she was Raw women's champion um, a few years ago, she didn't do that great to me as women's champion. Um, I wasn't that interested. I didn't buy it. They did their best, but I just wasn't feeling it. And so I wonder if they're trying to do what they did with Becky Lynch a few years ago, which was, you know, she because she was lukewarm when she got the SmackDown Women's Championship too, let's be honest, Becky mm-hmm. Lynch. No, you're right. You're right. So if they're, they're trying to heat her up, uh, I'm going to be patient and hope out, hope for the best. But I just think about her performance prior as the Raw Women's Champion. It's just like, I don't know if she got it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not sure how to feel about it either. I do like Bayley as SmackDown Women's Champion. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I think, quite honestly, she deserves a bit more. I think she's incredibly skilled in the ring. I think just for her character's sake, it needs that to sort of add, even if she loses, it adds another dimension that adds another element to her character. The worst thing I would like to see them do is just kind of pick her up and then drop her off. And Charlotte Flair drops an anvil on her and wins the championship back or something along those lines. Um, well, that's what happened with Sasha like four times. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it, it could potentially happen. Um, there was also Becky Lynch retained the Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. What are your thoughts on Lacey Evans? I'm not completely so. I'll be honest with you. I'm not completely sold on Lacey Evans, to be honest with you. Um, I like that finisher. I'm not going to lie. I like the women's right? Yeah. Mm. I do. I like that she just reaches back and just punches people in the face <laughs> and that ends the match. I love it. I, I mean, I loved when she snuffed uh, Becky. Mm. But it was great. I love when she snuffed Becky to get Charlotte to win. I just love her punching people in the face because women's wrestling hasn't had a lot of that mm. ever. You think about just their history of women's wrestling and them going from these athletic contests that, that you know were on par, if not better than the men's and overshadowing the men. And I'm talking about like in the 50s and 60s right? to, to you know enter Fabulous Moolah and it gets reduced to hair pulling and then sideshow act and then attitude error just gets reduced to you know tna and now you got lacey evans punching people in the face Boom. and if you want to talk about women's evolution this is part of it there's no hair pulling there's no it's just as important as them being in money in the banks right it's just as important as them stepping into elimination chamber it's just as important as them having these gimmick matches is them being able to perform in a way that the men are allowed to perform. And uh, she didn't slap her. No. Cool. Slap would have been cool too, but she punches people in the face. And I love that. 
I'm not fully sold on Lacey Evans, but I feel like I will in the future just because I think maybe it was too much too soon. But also, we've now got another major star, another women's major star on the Raw roster. And I'm sure this Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans views is not going away anytime soon. Um, we also had a couple other matches on the card that, I mean, I feel like the undercard was kind of very, very weak. Um, outside of the pre-show match, I don't know if you caught the pre-show match between the Usos and Daniel Bryan and Rowan, but whew, I mean, they did that. Um, was that a good woof or like a bad no? It was a good. It was a good. It was a good woof. Okay. It was a good woof. Um, a bad woof would be woof. I mean, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> this Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe match. It kind of to me that match kind of exploded. Like it's something <laughs> that like it, it's something that like maybe you get in your lap and then just like somehow it just it just went completely left really really quickly and then kind of ended um Samoa Joe kind of gets his entire face busted open um they end the match really really quickly and then after the match we learned out that Rey Mysterio actually has a dislocated shoulder now um, oh, I did not know that you yeah just me with the bad news oh y- my god yeah they that's why they were sort of hinting at what's the future of the United States championship on Raw it's because Rey Mysterio now you know dislocated shoulder or something along the rather so it's kind of it's kind of weird. Um, first, first you tell me that TNA went to commercial and never came back, <laughs> and now you're telling me about Rey Mysterio. You coming with all the bad news? Oh dude. my god! Um, Shane McMahon defeated the Miz. I love that finish, by the way. He's just it, like, let me get, let me get out of this shirt and just drop. It's a good heel finish. They've done Shane McMahon as a heel right. They've done it right. Um, I didn't know how I feel about it, you know, Shane McMahon being 50 years old and him not being sort of the punk, the punk little kid that was really when in the Attitude Era, you wanted to punch Shane McMahon. You wanted to punch him because he was this arrogant little smarky little kid who really kind of did a lot of things, would scoot out the ring. I mean, just race incredibly out of the way really, really fast. Um as a 50-year-old, I still kind of want to punch him in the face. So he's kind of doing it very, very right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, he defeated The Miz, got out of his T-shirt as The Miz was trying to pull him, um, legitimately slipped through The Miz's fingers. I mean, got to gotta get him gotta get him heated up for that big Roman match we're about to have. You know that's what's happening. And, I mean, am I upset? No. No. Not at all. I mean, I love The Miz, but no. Um Tony Nese versus Arya Davari, kind of in a weird spot on the card. Just didn't hit for anybody, to be honest. Um, let's see. Roman Reigns versus Elias. That was a match that happened. I'm kind of glad in the way it kind of shook out. I really didn't <laughs> want to see the match, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really, I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't want to see the match. I, it, to me, this seems like a match that'll happen on Raw or SmackDown. It'll go for 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure. I feel like it almost, it did, right? It 100% no, did this week, did it? No, I don't think they had, because what did it, did they have SmackDown? Uh, Confrontation on SmackDown? I feel like they did actually. No, they, they actually did. did. I think they, it was legitimately the main event. See how, yeah, thing I forgot. I legitimately tuned out of SmackDown. Um, because of the Roman Reigns versus Elias match, but Roman Reigns got got overshadowed by something big that I'm sure we're going to get to. Right. So, I mean, but at the end of the day, that was the money in the bank card. It was a solid show. I think the undercard really sort of suffered for everything that the main events were trying to push. And 
I mean, but that's fine though, right? Like, I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm yeah. fine with it. Um, a lot of stories continued, a lot of new things sort of popped up. It was kind of the show that's like, okay, we're sort of resetting our course in a way. Um, you know, with Bailey as champion, it brings in a new wrinkle. It's no longer just about Becky and Charlotte. Um, with 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 Brock Lesnar's Money in the Bank winner, that's a new thing for these new champions. I mean, a lot of people complain about like WWE, and, and don't get me wrong, their stories have been they haven't been the best as of late. But in terms of what they're doing, you see Finn Balor's Intercontinental Champion, Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston as world champions. Um, you got women's tag team champions. You've got so many different things going on. You know, I think they're it's a weird lull that they're in, but I see that we can pull up from it. I don't think it's, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's sort of the end and trust me, the beginning, I don't know if this is actually a, a good part of them pulling up from it, but we switch over to raw and SmackDown this week. We got a new championship. Oh, is, is that, is that the bad? Uh, did I do it right? I mean, uh. so, all right, here, here's the thing though. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah, tell tell me the thing. So here's the thing about um this new championship. The way it was presented, it might have been I will never forget that moment as Mick Foley, who's been walking around the who's been just walking around. Oh, see, I it's not me this week with the police sirens in the background. I love it. Oh, it's always gonna be me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always me on this that's podcast. My, that's my calling card right there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's always, so to him, he's walking around, he's walking around backstage with the sack. He's like, oh, new championship until everyone's, you know, dabbing him up. Hey, looking good, Mick, all this other stuff, you know, blah, 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 nice haircut, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he pulls out the sack. He pulls the championship out the sack. It's this green clock, small, (laughs) um, looking championship. and. I legit, you could hear a fart in section 110. He unveils the 24 7 championship and the crowd goes mild, literally. What are you, what, <laughs> right. what, so, what are your thoughts on this? Cha- I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, <laughs> is, is it the gentrified hardcore championship, as people call it? Like, it's it. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on this championship. First thing first, right? McFoley is a WWE Hall of Famer. He is a legend, world champion, traveled the world. He's been a part of every major promotion. Son, stop bringing him out to drop these ugly belts in our lap. Well, it was a setup, wasn't it? It's one hundred percent a setup. <laughs> every, every time we see McFoley, he has an ugly championship to <laughs> unveil for the WWE Universe. Stop! Like we need to stop that now triple h works for the wwe he was there sunday and monday why couldn't he be bothered to drop this 24 7 championship in our lap it was Shane a setup is- it was 100 a setup <laughs> it's awful it's awful and then you know the championship it looks like a joke it's so i i feel like they don't want us to take this title seriously right so i'm not going to take it seriously they it, they made it look like a joke. Uh, is the WWE logo anywhere on it? No, it's it's on the top of it. It's like the twelve hand on the clock because legitimately, 
the the letters are positioned around it like a clock because it is 24-7. It is legitimately a clock championship. Um, I don't like the design of it. It looks very, very... It looks like something that really kind of comes out of the store. I don't... Here's the thing. I'm not buying the replica of that championship. Um, A great tweet I saw. They said, anyone who buys the replica of the championship must be forced to defend that championship at every event they go through with that championship belt. And I'm here. I'm for it. Yeah, I'm for it, too. Um, The interesting rules to this is defending 24-7. That's really it. For the... I mean... I, I see the good. I mean, the bad part about it is that it exists. The good part about it is I feel like every era kind of needs their shitty moment to remember. <laughs> and this is one is this for this modern era. Everyone. I mean, how many hardcore championship, how many hardcore champions can you remember? Like maybe like five, maybe like uh, Rob Van Dam. Steve Blackman, <coughs> maybe like who else? Mick Foley, the first one. Mick Foley, and maybe like Big Boss Man, if you were like really, you know, nostalgic about it. Um, this twenty four seven championship, they supposedly need something for the third hour of Raw, and here we are. <laughs> how do you feel about how they crowned the first champion? A mad dash sprint, the jobbers galore. <laughs> I didn't like any of it. I didn't like any of it. It I, was clearly <laughs> you didn't see Randy Orton running down to <laughs> win this. Right, show. even like on SmackDown, right when they. So I'm gonna say this: once it got into our truth hands, it became more palatable, more enjoyable. But up until that point, it was just like, come on. And um, even on SmackDown, as everybody's making a mad dash behind our truth. And Sami Zayn just looks at them and goes in the other direction. He couldn't be bothered to follow the 24-7 championship no. and uh, stake his claim. He couldn't even be bothered to potentially set up a double championship run because the title is a joke. The The championship is for uh, the desperate. <laughs> That's what yeah. it kind of seems like for the first week. It is for the desperate. It is for those who aren't featured on Monday Night Raw. It is for the, you know the people who possibly featured more on main event than they are on sort of the raw roster. And I'm talking about main event, the show. Um, That's kind of what it looks like because everybody in running and you know what? I'm giving props. Titus O'Neil, first champion. We already got black history out of the way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Immediately loses to Bobby Roode. We didn't see that coming, but then Bobby Roode loses it to our truth. Titus O'Neil needs to just start making his entrance through the crowd. Nothing good happens to him on the ramp. He got ended on the ramp, and he tripped on the ramp, and he, the ring, and he lost his, his only singles title on the ramp. He just needs to stay away from the ramp. I mean, nothing good happens to him up there. Um, jeez, man, I'm not. I'm. I'm not mad at it. SmackDown was a lot better showing for the twenty four seven championship than um than 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 Raw for sure. I um, thought Carmelo was gonna um, swerve on him though. That would have been that would have been I would have been mad. I would have been mad. Carmelo's Carmelo's you know is a former Ja Rule song a down ass B. She's a she she held it down for our truth. She she hooked him up with some uh, a bad disguise. Um, in the middle of her match, she just foregoes actually winning the match to alert our truth that they're coming and they need to get the hell out of here. I, I respect Carmelo. 
I respect it. I respect it. She's she's gone up a few couple more points in my book. Um, we've got Brock Lesnar now. He's out here playing the Money in the Bank briefcase like a boombox. I love boombox it. Boombox Brock. Boombox Brock. I love it. I love it. Even just an listen. Brock Lesnar doesn't do a lot. It's really Paul Heyman who says a lot, and Brock Lesnar like makes faces in the background. Any morsel of charisma from Brock Lesnar, I will take it. Any him making multiple facial expressions, laughing, talking, reading, you know, Hunter's Digest as he's waiting for Raw to be over, I'm for it. It is what it is. I'll take anything that I can get from Brock Lesnar who shows up about 10 times a year. Um, they've created this little circumstance where apparently he'll either win the WWE championship or he win the he'll challenge for the WWE championship or he challenge for the universal championship. And due to the wild card rules, both just happen to be on Monday night raw. Um, and, and, and what do you think of kind of that sort of new, it, it really used to be, okay, whatever brand you're on, you're challenged for that championship. If you win money in the bank briefcase now with Brock Lesnar, obviously a different monster. They got him sort of teasing, Seth Rollins or Kofi Kingston? What do you think about that? I prefer it. I prefer yeah. the Money in the Bank when it not be anchored to one spot. Right. Yeah, it it's it's just feels better that way. Yeah. Obviously you give everybody the opportunity, but do it like the Royal Rumble. When the winner wins, they decide where they're gonna go, especially if you're gonna continue on with this farce of a brand split. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. The 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 whatever the wild card, the wild card rule or whatever. I don't know. Do you have to like re- if you're winning money in the bank on that show, do you have to like register to be on that? Uh, I don't it, even know. It's it, not even really a brand split. It's just like segregation at this point. Like, <laughs> no, seriously, like the women are not moving around. The women are not bouncing around. This is true. So I mean, well, yeah, well, yeah, they kind of, they kind of. We got Lacey Evans on SmackDown this week. That's the mm. first, that's the first sign of it. But still, they need to do more of that. And it's really the segregation. Really, is just the main eventers are not stuck on one show. The main right. eventers go everywhere. Well, Roman Reigns goes everywhere. That's really the 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 wild card. <laughs> right. It is really just for Roman Reigns to appear on both shows. <coughs> um, I love the wrinkle of of Brock Lesnar picking which champion he wants to do. I love it that it could be Kofi Kingston, and Kofi Kingston is for it. He's like, man, I'm trying to face Brock. I'm trying to cement my legacy as a champion. Let me, you know, face Brock. I don't know if that's the best thing for him. Yeah, not not his best idea. But, I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate what it is. You've seen Seth lay the hands on. I mean, with the way Kofi Kingston has been on a roll as of lately, he's been on the rollest of rolls. I mean, the man has just been swimming through competition. And, you know, it's unfortunate we'll get to what happened on SmackDown, but the man has been defending his championship right, and he's actually coming out a lot stronger. I mean, we we heard the comments from JR a few weeks ago. They need to make him look stronger, and they need to get him serious. Kofi Kingston is a threat. I feel like you only can say that if you don't watch, though, like, Mm. seriously. Because when the New Day had their feud with the Usos, they, they brutalized the Usos in that Hell in a Cell. Right. They weren't taking it easy. That wasn't like a soft match. The new the new day hasn't been soft since they since take it back to the inception. Go back as far as you want to go. The new day have not been afraid to turn it up. Right. You just get confused by the laughing and the smiling and the joking. Because mm. when it's when the bell rings, they handle their business. Like they're the team that 
one of their moves is the the unicorn stampede, right? Right. They take turns stomping you out in the corner. But because it's set to that little musical instrument that Xavier Woods plays, you forget that you're still getting stomped out. Mm. Nothing more serious than that. <laughs> Listen. The I'm... jokes are for them when they play it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. Of don't course. get it twisted. It's a, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be honest with you. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins, something I could see. Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston, another match I could see. To yeah, me, Kofi. one of the, to me, one of their reigns is ending <laughs> if he catches it in. Yeah, I just hope that uh, Kofi's next run in with Brock doesn't go like his last run in with Brock because mm. he got just destroyed in Japan. Yeah, he got he got completely destroyed. It, it wasn't even a match. Um, we talked about the U.S. Championship already. I mean, those are sort of all the major cues from Monday Night Raw. Um, we saw you know Cesaro win a match. Shout out to Cesaro. More fire. Cesaro's new theme too. I mean, did you? I mean, so here's the thing. I'm in the minority who warmed up to his old theme of just like car alarms and <laughs> over over a beat. Um, I, I I gotta revisit it. It's kind of weird. He walked out like I didn't know they did this. <laughs> he yeah. didn't walk out like responding to a theme at all. Like to me, that's a theme where you need like cues and shit like that. Um, he legitimately just strolled out like, yo, I didn't know they did this. This is yeah. crazy. His, My, his- his theme before the car alarm theme, I thought was so fire. Oh yeah, it, it went really well with like his James Bond gimmick because it right. sounded like an old James Bond theme. And then they dumped it, and I wish they would have brought that one back. But um, I'm a fan of him just having a new theme music in general instead of like that hybrid bar theme. Right. Um, I don't know what that means for Sheamus, but shout out to Cesaro, he got new music. Man. Shout out to him. Shout out to Lucha Hearts Party. He won't smoke with the Lars Sullivan. Um, go for it, my guys. <laughs> I supported that, though. The, the, the power of the POCs are with you. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. And, and, and that's really, I mean, we got a six-woman tag. A lot, of, Not a lot of you know big things happen on Raw. SmackDown, um, we got a new contender for the WWE Championship. And it's Dolph Ziggler. Now, also shout out to Big E for returning. Um, Dolph Ziggler. I haven't been the biggest fan of Dolph Ziggler for a long time. I'm, it just is what it is. I appreciate what he does in the ring. I appreciate um, that he's been so consistent over the last decade and change. But to me, what I thought in 2016 still stands for 2019, that he is a character that has not evolved. He's a single entitled character who believes that he should be at the top of the card because he wrestles the best and doesn't sort of, uh, hasn't really shook off that notion. Isn't something that has like, there's, there's no layers to Dolph Ziggler. He'll scream when he does his promo. He'll say, there are opportunities that he deserves that he doesn't really get, which works in the heel perspective. But when the when he kind of when you're the same character as a face in the heel, it doesn't really it, it kind of like kind of ruins the magic of it all. Um, I'm not a fan of Dolph Ziggler. I know that this match is happening. Um, I'm sure it'll be a great match. But once again, I'm not a super fan of Dolph Ziggler. What do you think about Dolph Ziggler becoming the new number one contender for the WWE Championship? So I'm right with you on the Dolph Ziggler's eye train. 
<laughs> we there. I I do think he's he's I. I don't think he really. Um, yeah, I feel like he says he's here to show the world how good he is, and he does deliver good matches. But there's always that that thing that more that he doesn't come with. Now, with that being said, um, Dolph Ziggler as a contender for Kofi, I am in on because I feel like they have managed to um, put together good matches over the years. And I think, especially when you think about, I know people have mentioned um, Big E being called up from NXT to be Ziggler's bodyguard. Those mm-hmm. little things add wrinkles that are going to keep people interested. Yeah. Uh, are those necessarily things WWE is going to pay off on? Or like, will they put Big E back with Dolph? I don't think so. I think Mm-mm. it would actually be a mistake. Yeah. But um, those things that people are watching, I think, make it interesting. Right. Um, you know, I'm also, this is a fresh matchup. While Dolph Ziggler, I'm, yes, super high. Um <laughs> I do think it's a new contender that we haven't got for the WWE championship in quite some time. So I'm for that. I'm all for sort of a fresh new contender scene. It can't be just Roman. It can't just be AJ. It has to kind of be more. And we can't do these things for three to four months at a time with every challenger. We just can't. So, you know, it's the match is happening at super showdown. Allegedly it's happening because Kevin Owens has refused to go over to Saudi Arabia for super showdown. So, we're getting Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston. Dolph Ziggler brutally beat down and Kofi Kingston. And I like that segment because despite the brutal beatdown, Kofi Kingston still got up. And that's how you make a champion look strong, especially a champion just as beloved as Kofi Kingston with a reign who's becoming, he's, he's racking up a great reign as champion, despite what Justin thinks. Um, <laughs> Damn, you said the shots and he not even here to defend himself. Damn. I mean, he'll be here next week and he'll have Get all the crazy smoke. On the show. <laughs> he'll have all the smoke next week. Um, it's crazy on the A show. But SmackDown was truly the R Truth show. It just was. It is R Truth in a wig. R Truth trying to escape. R Truth, who is trying to be in disguise but has a 24 24 7 championship legitimately around his waist. Um, I, I mean, this is the entertaining part of the WWE that we all hope to see. I mean, you know, it's kind of, it brings me to, you know, it's crazy to think that Bruce Pritchard, Bruce Pritchard is back and now we're kind of getting this 24-7 championship. I'm wondering if he has anything to sort of do with it um, because it is an entertaining aspect of the show. And or at least our truth is an entertaining aspect of the show. I can't say the same for Bobby Roode. Um, but, you know. Robert, Robert Roode. Robert Roode, sorry. But you know what? I'm for this championship was made for our truth. I'm looking forward to see how he kind of does with it. Um, we also had a champion tag team match with Bailey and Becky versus Charlotte and Lacey. What do we think of the title picture thus far? I mean, we talked about a little bit earlier in the money in the bank, you know, th- you know, match um, Bailey versus Charlotte, Becky versus Lacey. It, it, it's, it's a good way to elevate Lacey. I'll say that. Yeah, it absolutely is. She's sharing the ring with, with some veterans right now. Um, yeah. Regardless of how you feel about them, at this point, you know, Bailey, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, they ushered in, like, they, they made all of this possible. Right. And it really started with that, that 
NXT Brooklyn match mm-hmm. that um, Bailey and and Sasha had. So you think about that, and Lacey's in their company, sort of filling in as the fourth. Because you you have to think like they really miss Sasha. Right. We miss Sasha. They need Sasha. They got to make that work. I don't know what's going on, but somebody got to get on their Keith Sweat and get her back. Right. We need her right now. Um. We also have the the major feud, the major feud heading into WWE Super Showdown. It is Shane McMahon versus Roman Reigns. I mean, I'm for this feud. I think it's a great feud. I think Shane McMahon is is playing his role incredibly well, and it, and it's great that the people are now genuinely behind Roman Reigns to see how this kind of moves forward. Um, the Shane McMahon sort of it's it's a way to do Roman Reigns versus the Authority without it being like a Triple H match. Or Vince McMahon getting in the ring. I'm a fan. I am too. Although, because it's so early, like you know, Roman's gonna have to hold the L or two, right? Yeah, yeah, he has to. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Shane McMahon has been employing a lot of you know tactics. He's just at the end of SmackDown. Drew McIntyre just getting in there. I mean, Drew McIntyre is. Drew McIntyre might be the worst thing that ever happened to Roman Reigns. He can't seem to shake him legitimately like for almost a year. Um, I feel like they should finish it off in the cell or something. Like it's it's really something that's been going on for a long, long time and doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. Um, but yeah, Shane McMahon has employed that. And, and you know what? I'm fine with all the tactics. I'm fine with everything. All this is leading up to the big event in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Super Showdown, the card this far. We've got Triple H versus Randy Orton in a non-sanctioned match. Don't Why? It's you know, it's a, it's it's the random Triple H <laughs> Invitational every time they go overseas. It just is what it is. Um, a fifty-man battle royal. It, you know, not, it, not the greatest Royal Rumble. No, just fifty-man battle royal. Not okay. the greatest Royal Rumble. Um, Lessons we have, have been learned. That's good to see. We have Finn Balor, the demon Finn Balor. So it's guaranteed demon versus Andrade for the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, the Saudi bag just makes everyone appear. Um, even even two people who I wish would not appear. But I'm sure you'll get to that. Um, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Just a just a you know your run of the mill, big man, big raw, big match. Yo, that should be a good match though because. Like, just a big hoss brawl. Right. I don't think, like, what could go wrong? This is true. We have Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler, as we've announced. It's for the WWE Championship. And then, of course, we have the marquee. Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Your thoughts on this match? We had thoughts last week about, you know, just the the average age of both competitors and what they're doing in the ring. What do you think? Long match, <laughs> short match, <laughs> um, good match, bad match. What do you think this is going to be? What are your anticipations for this? So I listened last week and I agree. I don't know <laughs> how or why they, I don't know why they're doing this match. I don't know how they managed to do it. Without, oh, the Saudi bag, man. Come on. Without a real ring general though. And like the funny thing about this match too, right? Is like, Oh, for the first time ever, whatever, whatever, right? And it's just like, yeah, because nobody wants to see it. No, like it, it was never a match that crossed anyone's mind. 
Goldberg was in the WWE. He came in and he ran through everybody that we wanted him to run through. Right. Except for Stone Cold. He didn't get his hands on Stone Cold, but injuries prevented that. But Undertaker was definitely around. Yeah. And uh, he did not run into Goldberg at all. Even when... Um, they did a Goldberg, little Royal Rumble thing. They did a little stare down. And that was enough for everyone. That, that was, was enough for enough. everyone. I could have dealt with yeah. that. I could have dealt yeah. with that for the rest of my life, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I, I, that, that, that was good, to be honest with you. I was good on that. Even that didn't make people feel like, oh, we need to see this match. And then their careers end and they, they you know, it's winding down. And now you call them back for the first time ever. Like, how many dream match conversations have people had? How many dream matches have people pitched for The Undertaker and for Goldberg separately? No one, never once said they want to see Undertaker versus Goldberg. And it's like, yo, anybody, dead or alive, who do you want to see? Oh, I want to see. Undertaker versus Andre, you know, Goldberg versus Andre, Mm -hmm. this person versus that person, you know what I mean? Uh, Yokozuna versus Goldberg, can he hit him with the jackhammer? We don't know. We'll never get it. Vader versus Goldberg. Nobody gave a shit about Goldberg versus the Undertaker. Nobody. And, And when this Saudi show is all said and done, we will still not give a shit. I promise no. you, it's not. It's not gonna go the way of the DX versus Brother Destruction. Like, there's nobody in there to make that match. Uh, you know, like the Ring General. There's nobody in there to direct that match and make sure that it goes smoothly. And um, yeah, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. It just it, it it's bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's this week on the A Show. Episode 83 of the A-Show. Thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you to our special guest host, Greg. Come on. No, thank you for having me. I mean, I see you getting wrapped up over there. They, they're calling. You had a hard out. But, yeah. I mean, we could do this all day. We're professionals. I, I mean, oh, my God. Listen, this has been RNC Radio Live. This has been the A-Show. Make sure you subscribe to the A-Show Network. You can listen to the A-Show. You can listen to the call-up. You can listen to Spot Callers. All three shows that are featured on the A Show Network that you can subscribe to. You can follow myself at Meals TV. That's M E E L Z TV. You can follow Greg at Stat Guy Greg and listen to him every week on ESPN's Cheap Heat Podcast, along with Preeta Rosenberg. Um, any Before final words? Can I put in a request? Sure. So you know how the Tonight Show has that permanent guest host, like whenever Jimmy's gone, a person comes out. Permanent guest host. Potentially. Hey guys, so we lost the final few moments of this spectacular episode with the one stack guy, Greg. Um, so we asked ourselves, it's like, all right, so what are we going to do? We lost a few minutes of the episode. It's going good so far. How do we top this? So we decided to ask, well, construction in the background. Couldn't be my house if it wasn't, right? Um... So we asked ourselves, what would Impact Wrestling do? What would Impact Wrestling do if they lost a large amount of their episode? Well, maybe not large, maybe just a portion of their episode. What would they do? So in response, here are minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. Here are just 21 minutes of commercials. Thank you for tuning in to the show. Stay subscribed or square up. Yeah, that's the way it goes. John, John, John. July 23, Raw starts one hour earlier.
Tell all the boys, Raw starts at 8. Got it? Back with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everybody needs to bring a date. Who says I need to lose weight? They say we're supposed to hydrate. I think he said meet us at the gate. Who you calling the cheapskate? I have to bake a cake. What kind of cake? Ooh, cake. Oh, I don't want to go to Kuwait. Hey, boss. Got your message. Kind of leads you to check your prostate. The biggest night on TV is getting bigger. Raw is now three hours every Monday at 8, starting July 23rd on USA. Characters welcome. Do any of you know where the arena is? Ah! Your Olympic hero has arrived. It's true, it's true. Hey, think die, kid. You people have to be honored to have a man of intensity, integrity, and intelligence among you. Yes, I'd like a room, please. Sorry, no vacancy. Oh, that's okay. I'll take theirs. Ah, here come my fans. Prepare to lay the SmackDown in the all-new Hell in a Cell or in a high-flying ladder match. WWF SmackDown 2. Know your role for the PlayStation game console. You think you got what it takes, Jabroni? I love this place. Rated T for Teen. Aren't they cute? And so well-behaved. been a professional for 15 for years, years, nine years. It's taken a lot of time of training to do, do what I do. Still, I've incurred countless injuries and bumps and bruises. The danger is always the danger there. Is always the there. fear is always, fear there. Is always there. Don't be a bonehead. Don't be a clown. Don't try this Please at home. Please don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. Please leave the danger to us. have room for my favorite meal, Chef Borodi, overstuffed Italian sausage ravioli. It's the only meal large enough to satisfy my oversized hunger. Hey, Lita. Are you back for more? <laughs> Maybe that'll hold you over. I doubt it. Last hot dog. The last hot dog. The last hot dog. Get press chicken in a press paper box. No bad chat from fierce me with some. Now for me up 22 on the song. You said them up and on them bad mind your friends. This is my lucky day. <laughs> What's up, fellas? <laughs> where the greatest athletes in the world have gathered to represent their countries and give their all. We take you into the gymnastics arena where the freestyle floor exercise is already in progress. 
This is an excellent routine, Jim. Very nice finish. Mm -hmm. And he will get some impressive marks. Now, coming up next from Norway, it will be Sven Jorger. You may remember him from the two. Um, actually, Dave Batista from the U.S. And twice the normal weight and a full foot taller than the average gymnast. Uh, we hear he's got a very unique program. Well, it is different, Jim. I'll give him that. Uh-huh. likes it. Yeah! That was very unique. Raw and SmackDown present WWE SummerSlam live Sunday, August 15th, only on pay-per-view. And he ends with the full gymnast press. Unique. We're here to demonstrate why Gillette Fusion is better than Mach 3. Okay, five chairs. Five, five fusion blades. They're spaced closer together to reduce pressure with more comfort. Mach 3 only has three blades. See? Not nearly as comfortable. Back to five, meathead. No, uh, I need them. For what? Switch to Gillette's most comfortable shave. Fusion power. Gillette, the best a man can get. Thing is the new drink. It's all over the streets, man. Look for the yellow jacket all over the green can. It'll pump adrenaline like a giant machine, man. Drink anything else? That's just obscene, man. Need a pickup in your daily routine, man? It'll last like a fire with gasoline, man. Make sure the simple citrus is up in your hand. Ten times the energy of any heavy metal band. Y'all don't know by now? I'm gonna smack your crew. This is YJ Stinger straight from Stacker 2. This YJ Stinger is the energy king. Go on, catch the buzz, feel the sting. Is that good? All right, cool. Ah, uh, yes, Mr. Mendoza. Chilled and waiting. Exquisitely prepared, as always, with a little surprise for dessert. As well, sir, as well. Mm. May I help you? Yes, I have a reservation at 7.30 for Edge. <laughs> I'm afraid we don't have a reservation for an Edge. And it appears we're booked solid. Well, it looks very empty over there. So I tell you what, I think I'm hungry for something else. interested to see what everybody came up with to help spread the word about SmackDown moving to USA. Me too. Send them in. You should let me make the announcement because it sounds way better in a British accent. Next. I haven't worked out the details yet, but it involves setting something on fire. Next. I'll get it tattooed on my back. I wrote a song. Gorda -sta. So peep this. Xavier is going to jump out of an airplane holding a giant banner. I'm not sure that's safe. Oh, no. Next. We write it in the stars. Starting Thursday, January 7th, SmackDown is moving to USA. The stars. Hello. Hello there. We have an 8 o'clock. Oh, great. Let me just check. 
Hmm. You sure you have the right day? Yes. Thursday. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Are you sure? At USA? Yes. Very sure. Right. SmackDown is moving to USA tonight at 8. Oh, hi. Who are, who are you? 